Welcome to The Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. Except today it's just me. <clears throat> a conversation of one. Once again, doing it. Um, yeah, no, just me today. Just James flying solo. Um... I, I can't even tell you why. I don't even know why. I just know we got stuff going on, and it's just me today. So deal with it. <clears throat> um, it's going to be real, real rough. So, uh, just, uh, you know, get your seatbelt on. That's hypocritical of me. I don't wear my seatbelt, and I told you to put yours on. Put your seatbelt on. going to be a, a bumpy ride. <sighs> Kids, wear your seatbelts. Be safe. Whatever. Um, all right, so here we go. Since it's just me, I'm not going to ask anybody how their week was. Be weird. I'm not weird. I'm sitting here screaming I'm not weird in a room by myself to nobody. <sighs> okay, here we go. We're going to jump right into... Yep. I'm assuming y'all heard that beat drop. I don't have it. Once again, I don't have my buttons with me. I cannot press my buttons to trigger stuff. So get you some of that uh, editing, David. Woo! Let's hear it for David. Give him the applause. That's where you hit the applause button, David. For editing this thing. Yeah. Woo! Um, culture Corner. Here we go. Solo Culture Corner. Um, to uh, title of my article. Texas man breaks into Dallas Art Museum and destroys priceless artifacts because he was mad at his girlfriend. Woo! <clears throat> so if you remember a couple weeks ago, I did a I did a culture corner on this dude who um what did he break? Oh no no, I'm sorry. He um he did the he threw cake on the Mona Lisa, but he was some crazy dude smeared cake on the Mona Lisa, was yelling weird stuff. He dressed up as, like, an old lady, if I'm not mistaken, right, if I remember this right, and uh, was in a wheelchair, like, jumped out of his wheelchair and threw art on the Mona Lisa, or didn't throw art on it, threw cake on the Mona Lisa. And now, a few weeks after that, this guy from Dallas, which says enough, right, uh... Got mad at his girlfriend and destroys priceless artifacts. So there's a there's a wave, people. People are destroying art. It's just it's going on. I don't know what's going on, why this is going on, but it's a thing. It's happening. Uh, this is Brian Hernandez, 21, destroyed a number of Greek artifacts at Dallas Museum of Art because he quote got mad at his girlfriend, allegedly fueled by rage. At his girlfriend, a man in Texas broke into the Dallas Museum of Art and destroyed millions of dollars worth of rare ancient artifacts before security guards stopped him. And I'm not going to read you the whole article, but you get the gist of it. What I want to know is what the girlfriend did, because they haven't, uh, the, the article does not mention what she did. Maybe his rage was justified. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, he got thrown into jail got prosecuted for, like, destruction of property up to, I think they said over $100,000. There's, like, a threshold somewhere in the law where it matters, and it was above that threshold. So, uh, good luck, bro. 
Yeah. That's that's what's happening culturally right now. We're destroying priceless works of art. Anyway, Culture Corner, there it was. Nailed it. Mm. All right, so I'm going to get in and out of here real quick. I'm not going to ramble for forever for you guys. Um, but I'll give you some thoughts that I've been uh, thinking about for a little while. Um, especially since we just had... So at Elam, we just had um, past... Oh, man, what's the guy's name? Jason something. I'm so sorry I'm blanking on the guy's name. But he was here this last Sunday. We had a healing service. He spoke in the uh, the the morning services. He's the guy, um, I believe they're from somewhere in California. And uh, the very quick gist of his story, just in case you have no idea what I'm talking about, is um, the guy ended up getting this like tongue cancer... Um, some kind of cancer that generally only people that smoke or have done chewing tobacco and that kind of stuff for years get. And he didn't do any of that stuff, but for whatever reason, he ended up with his cancer. Um, almost died, all this stuff. I won't, again, I won't give you the whole story, but, and it's probably out there somewhere. He's got tons of media stuff. Uh, if you search, guy loses his tongue to cancer, makes songs. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he ends up, God ends up healing him. <clears throat> he uh, he beats this thing, and uh, he ends up writing all these songs. And he writes this one song. It's like a praise song. Uh, after he got cancer, and it ends up going viral. He gets on all these new shows and all this stuff. And now he's uh, he's got a few different types of media outlets uh, that he does where he's like preaching. He's basically preaching biblical principles for children. He's got a whole thing called uh, Save the Drama for the Llama. And there's this cartoon character named something Llama, and uh, he helps kids resolve uh, conflicts in school. And anyway, he does all this kind of stuff. The whole point of it is, he uh, because he had this uh, this tongue cancer thing, where uh, he lost part of his tongue. Oh, and they ended up to replace some of his tongue. They like cut out a piece of his arm. Uh, in a similar way where, like, if you lose a finger or something, people might uh, cut off one of your toes and reattach it as a makeshift finger. Uh, they did that with a piece of his arm where they cut out a little chunk of meat from his arm and put it in his mouth so he could have a, some kind of tongue to talk again. And so he can talk and everything now, but he definitely has a lisp. And uh, a lot of people said he sounds like a cartoon character. And so he just kind of embraced it and made all these cartoon things. And uses and he uses his list basically <laughs> to uh, to kind of open a door for kids to listen to him, and uh, yeah, it's great. So anyway, he does a lot. He was just at the church and did these services, and it was great. <clears throat> and uh, so the thought that I've been thinking about because you hear stories like that, and a lot of pe- times when people hear some kind of story where somebody has some horrible, tragic thing happen to them, and then they come out of it. And uh, especially if they end up using the horrible thing that happened to them for some kind of good, you know, not only do they, you know, overcome it, but they're, they use it as a, a tool to help with their ministry or whatever it is. You hear those stories and a lot of times people, they will, um, they'll perceive that as, or the way they'll frame that story 
is like the devil wanted to do this horrible thing to you. He gave you the cancer. He did. He put you in that car wreck or whatever the thing was. And then God used that thing that the devil meant for evil. And then he, the, and then God ended up using it for good. As in like the enemy was trying to do this horrible thing to you. And uh, God said, ha, 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 tricked you. Uh, I'm going to actually use it for good. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of the general way you hear a lot of those stories going. But the thought I've been mulling over a lot is I don't, for sure, sometimes that's the case, for sure. Uh, You can look at like cases, you can look in the Bible at cases like uh, the thing with Job, where God basically makes a bet with the devil uh, that if the devil does all this horrible stuff to Job, uh, that Job will still serve him and all that stuff. I'm sure most of you are familiar with that story. I won't do the whole thing. But in that story, God allows this evil stuff to happen to him. And then, you know, it ends up being used for good because Job doesn't, uh, he doesn't reject God and da 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 and it's a whole thing. <clears throat> um, so that's like one way that people look at these tragic things. And like I said, for sure, sometimes that's the case. But the thought I've been mulling over a lot is I think a lot more times than people want to believe, it's actually the other way around, where whatever the tragic thing is that you were dealing with or you had to go through, I think God did that thing to you. Yeah, that sounds weird. Just hear me out. There's more to be said. I think not only did, I don't think he just allowed it to happen. I think he planned for it to happen and he caused it. And it was the enemy that was trying to use this thing that God was going to use for his glory to kind of get you down. So it wasn't the devil's got this big plan and God comes in and interrupts it. I think more often than not, that's actually God's plan for this horrible thing to happen to you. And the devil comes in and is trying to interrupt it. So let me validate that seemingly weird statement. Excuse me, I forgot to get some water and... uh, I got some crud in my throat. We'll try not to clear my throat too much. Uh, okay, so if you look at the the Jason's whatever his last name was story that I very briefly mentioned, um, most of his ministry, well, I don't know if I'd say most, but a whole lot of his ministry is based off of him having this lisp and this silly voice. And... Uh, I I think that has opened so many doors for him and will continue to open a bunch of doors for him. So that llama thing, the little cartoon thing that I mentioned, uh, during the services they were saying that something along the lines of that cartoon, they're trying to introduce, they've been introducing it into schools as like a conflict resolution program where it teaches all these biblical uh, principles without being all biblical about it. That way they could get it into the schools. And, uh, it's, the schools are loving it. It's working really good. Schools are liking it and they're wanting to use it more. Um, and they're trying to, the amount of schools that want to use it, the amount of kids that it would be reaching was something like 50 million kids in America. And so that all came from, he's got this silly voice. So he used it, made a cartoon thing out of it. And now he's able to preach these biblical principles to potentially 50 million kids. And uh, I think that's clearly part of uh, God's plan that he had for his life. But in order to do that, he had to like rip his tongue out. 
and just destroy him, basically, to give him this ridiculous voice that he could then use. So the thought is, I think he, uh, I think, well, I don't know what to think. You know, you make up your own minds. But I think a lot of times, in this case particularly, or potentially, it wasn't that the devil was like, hey, I'm going to give you cancer and destroy you. And then God was like, uh-uh-uh, not so fast. I'm going to heal him and then use what you thought was going to be the end of him. I think God just was like, hey, here's some cancer. Hear me out. You know, it's going to be bad, but I'll take care of you. It's going to be fine. You're going to have to go through a whole lot of nonsense. You're going to be close to death. But look, I'll, I'm going to take care of it. And what I have planned for you, you got to go through this to get there. Because imagine this. Okay. Imagine some dude says, hey, uh, I feel like God's got this plan for me. I really feel it in my heart. I've heard from God. I'm going to make this cartoon conflict resolution character and I'm going to reach all these kids through it and kids are going to love it mostly because of my silly voice I have. Um, the problem is I don't have that silly voice yet and uh, God said I, I got to rip my tongue out and uh, I'll, but it's cool. I'll put, I'm going to cut out a piece of my arm. I'll put it in there instead. Um, so I'll be able to talk. I'll have a little bit of a list, but you know, it'll be fine. Um, and that is really what's going to get the kids' attention. You know, I'm silly, I'm fun, I'll use some humor, and da 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 You know, that's what's going to work. If a dude told you that, you would say you're insane, you're crazy. Nobody would support him for cutting his tongue out. I mean, come on. Goodness, great. If you told me that, I would say that wasn't the Lord that told you that, all right? <clears throat> but he had to go through He had to get rid of the tongue to get this crazy voice. Is this making any sense at all? The point I'm making is I don't think, uh, <clears throat> I don't think, I think a lot of that was more deliberate from God than a lot of people like to, a lot of people like to say, you know, hey, you know, you made it through the cancer, like the, the devil didn't win. And, you know, it's true. But like, I think that God intended for this to happen because he wanted to use it. And then it was the enemy that said, well, maybe I can mess up your plans. You know, maybe we can get him suicidal while he's going through this. Maybe we can do you know, X, Y, and Z. So those are the kind of thoughts I've been thinking, so that whatever your your trials and the big crazy things you didn't think you could get through, whatever that is in your life, I think a lot of it, more times than not, is actually just 100% got a part of God's plan. And the devil's using, you know, the difficulty of the situation to try to throw the plans off and not the other way around. Let me back up some of this crazy nonsense that I'm saying here. Let me see. So I was thinking of, uh, you know, what's the story in the Bible that can, um, you know, back up what I'm, that point of view. Like, have we seen that anywhere? So I was thinking about the uh, the blind, one of the blind guys that, uh, that Jesus heals. And I'm just going to read you some of this story uh, instead of trying to tell you the whole thing. So bear with me. I'm going to read a lot of a lot of verses, but here we go. Uh, this is in John chapter nine. It's the NIV version, just because that's the version that came up when I searched the story. If you don't like the NIV version, deal with it. Get over it, people. All right, here we go. So it's uh, John chapter nine. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, uh, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, uh, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground. He made some mud with saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. Siloam, I don't know. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. Um, they brought to, I'm just going to read the whole story, deal with it. It'll be worth it. Uh, they brought to the Pharisees, the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. <clears throat> Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he's a prophet. Uh, they still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind, but how can he, but how can he see now or who opened his eyes? We don't know how he can see now or who opened his eyes. We don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said he's of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind, give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And it's got an exclamation point. Uh, then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you too want to become a disciple? Uh, then they hurled insults at him and said, you are, a, you are this fellow's disciple? We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes? We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And I'm sorry, this is going on longer than I thought, but I'm almost done, so I'm going to finish it off. <clears throat> Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and, when he found out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. 
<coughs> then the man said, Lord, I believe, and worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who will and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What, are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin, but now that you claim you can see, the guilt remains. Okay, yeah, sorry that went on too long, but anyway, there's the whole story. Now you know it. And the point of this is they set up at the beginning. They said, you know, why is this dude blind? So that's like the horrible thing that happened to him that he's having to deal with and get over in his life. He's a beggar, all this horrible stuff because he's blind. They say, why is this dude blind? Uh, is it because he sinned? He did some horrible sin? Or is it because his parents sinned? Because he was born blind at birth. You know, who's getting punished here? Obviously, somebody sinned. And then Jesus said, uh, neither this man nor his parents sinned. This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So, and it, so from that, to me, that says that God made him blind. Uh, it doesn't say that, you know, the devil just wanted to be evil towards him and God let it happen. It says, to me, that says that God made him blind because I want to use this blindness to bring glory to God. So anyway, there's one. To me, anyway, I think that's I think that's a fair claim to make there. So anyway, there's a thought. Go ahead, think about whatever your horrible thing is that you keep thinking about. You don't know how to overcome. You think, oh gosh, why do you let this happen to me, God? I don't know. It is, you know, not to belittle anybody's circumstance because, you know, it's like it's real problems. But sometimes you got to have those real problems to get these real results at the end. And uh, I think a lot of times, more often than not, God not only let that happen to you, but did it himself. Let it, He made it happen. I don't know. And then I think of like the, uh, towards the end here, you know, they're, they're questioning the guy and all. And he basically says like, look, I don't know the answer to your questions. All I know is I couldn't see and now I can. <sighs> So any of those questions here, well, why would God do this to me? Why would he, why wouldn't he do it like this? I don't understand why God would do it. Hey, I don't, you don't have to know. I don't know. But at some point, if you hang in there, I think you'll be able to say something along the lines of what the blind man said. So there you go. There's some thoughts for you. Um, I don't think it was too long. I didn't start a timer, so I don't know how long this was, but, uh. Hopefully that will suffice and get you on to next week of the Refuge Project, and hopefully we'll have the guys back together. I tell you what, man, we haven't had Caesar on in forever. Caesar, yo! We keep having to do all these shows on Tuesdays because Sundays keep having stuff going on, and Caesar can't do it when we do it on Tuesdays, so we keep not having Caesar on. We got to get Caesar, David, and me all on the same show already. Um, but, you know, summertime's getting weird. It's going to be tough, so I don't know. You might have quite a few weird pro uh, podcasts in a row just due to some scheduling, so uh, sorry in advance if that's the case, but uh, we'll try to make this all work. <laughs> and um, I think this is coming out the week before Father's Day, so hey, happy Father's Day in advance to all the fathers out there. <clears throat> uh, I think that's it. I'm done. I'm getting out of here. Uh, and as David says, we love you. Project.